Welcome back to the WRSU crew. Chris Akonis along with Jake Schmid here. It was a promising start for first-year head coach Jim McKeldry last year. He got the Rutgers men's soccer team off to their best start since the 1980s in 2019, and he looks to build on that success amid an uncertain outlook for this fall season. Coach joins us on the crew now. Coach McKeldry, we're now two months into the COVID-19 shutdown, and your program has had to cancel all spring practices and games. How have you filled the void of not being able to train with the team? Yeah, you know, I think uh, it's it's been challenging. Uh, one of the nice things, we did get some of the uh, spring season in in terms of training. We didn't play any matches, so it was nice that we had, you know, a good probably, you know, six weeks of, uh, you know, doing some fitness and, and getting out in the field and training. Uh, unfortunately, we never got to the games, and and though it is tough, I think our staff and and our players realize that uh, you know there's a lot of people out there that have it a lot worse than us right now. So there's no um, real no time for complaining or no use in it. It's just more about hey, how do you make the best of the situation? It's uh, you always like to be on the field as a coach and being around your players, um, but now we've just got to figure out a way to uh, make the most of it. And also, I think there's some positive in that. I think a lot of our players really do miss training and miss the game and miss being around their teammates. So, uh, you know, maybe it, it, it gives us all a little bit of a different perspective. Coach, how do you compensate for the lack of training time with the team, as you mentioned before, especially given the fact you've got a, a young roster returning from last year and even more young guys potentially coming in? Yeah, I think that's the biggest, uh, you know, kind of challenge for all of us, um, whether it was a spring sport or a fall sport. You just are limited in, in the time you have with uh, your team anyway. Uh, so it just makes it, uh, you know, kind of a missed opportunity. You know, we're really looking forward to um, playing outside competition and work on, you know, real specific things with our group. We had 20 players training with us in the spring, which is, um, as you said, we have a lot of young guys, but that's a good size group for the spring. Sometimes, you know, when you have a big graduating class, you don't have that many players training with you and, and there's different challenges, but uh, we had a big group, which was nice and that we played a lot during the time we were training, but uh, it is a, it is a missed opportunity for all of us to just work on our teams, uh, no matter what sport we, we are. And, and I think, as you said, uh, we only graduate two seniors, um, you know, really great guys, uh, Tim McQuaid and Jake Longo, really guys that were very helpful to, to us as a staff, just really good people. And, and worked hard. So we'll, we'll miss them, but uh, it really is nice bringing back a young group. And as you said, too, we'll be adding another, uh, you know, group of players that will be coming in. I think as we look forward, you know, it's, it's, when do we come back? You know, we, we all know there's, there's ifs to that as well, but if we are playing uh, games this fall, when do we come back? How much time do we have to get our team together? Uh, so in the meantime, we're just kind of staying in contact with our, with our players and, and, and making sure that, you know, they understand um, the expectations we have, how hard they've worked to get to where they are. We've, we made some great strides, I think, uh, the last year. So we, you know, we want to really keep building on that. We're excited about the group we have coming in and, and also the, uh, the players returning. So, hey, make sure that you're working hard uh, when you're home and, and make sure that when we do have the opportunity to get back here and play, that you're ready to go health-wise. It's probably the most important thing that we're talking to our guys about is – is their mental and physical health and trying to make sure they're in a good place uh, and making sure they're looking after themselves. Because if we do get the opportunity to come back and play in the fall, uh, we want to be ready to go and, and make sure guys are staying healthy. 
And from a coaching perspective, you touched on that uncertainty of not knowing when you'll be able to get training camp back underway. So from a coaching perspective, how do you sort of deal with that? How do you plan for that if you can? Until we hear any differently, you know, and I think it's important for our players uh, that they have that mentality as well as the coaching staff is, hey, until we hear any differently, the plan is uh, to be back here on on August 11th to start getting ready for our first game on, on August 27th. Uh, as we get more information and as things maybe do change or get adjusted, then we just have to be flexible. I think it's it's one of the things uh, that, you know, playing a sport or, or being an, involved in athletics, as, as you guys, you have to uh, be flexible at times, whether it's in the game or planning, you know, not everything goes perfectly. So uh, I think right now we're just uh, getting ourselves organized so that we're coming back uh, in August 11th. But if not, uh, we make those adjustments and, and, and kind of, again, make the best of it. I think teams that are, are able to adjust to, to all these changes um, the best. They'll have the most success in the season. You just have to get on with it. You built last year's team by relying heavily on recruiting international talent. Oren Asher was from Israel, uh, Hugo Leguanek from France. Uh, but how have you been able to pursue recruiting in this situation of current situation of COVID-19? Yeah, I, I think one of the interesting things is there's always challenges when you uh, recruit internationally. Uh, whether it's being able to travel, whether it's getting, you know, good uh, video. Um, when you do travel overseas, you always run into different things, whether it's a wet weather related, you know, a game gets canceled, you flew all the way uh, halfway around the world, you get there and it's snowing and it's like, oh man, you know, now what do we do? So we're, we're always faced with those when we're recruiting international students. But I think now we're facing it even with uh, domestic players, you know, players that are 15 minutes from campus aren't really playing um, at all right now. So it's like, you know, what do we do? Some of these things, some of these changes are going to be here to stay for the future. We're going to be doing more WebExes with or, or Zoom calls with recruits and their families, get to know them that way, not just being on the phone. Um, uh, so I think there'll be some positives coming out of it. And that's what we've been trying to do. How do you do these virtual visits with, with players, um, showing them what Rutgers is all about academically, athletically, you know, online, so to speak, almost doing these virtual visits. Um, you know, we've had a lot of great conversations with our football staff and some of the things they're doing and, and learning from some of the things they uh, have access to. So it's a good learning period for us as a staff. And, uh, and again, you, you have to kind of deal with them. And the players understand that too. The recruits out there are not uh, uh, the same as it was six months. Ago. It was like, hey, come to my practice and watch me train or come watch uh, they're in a tough situation, too. So we all have to adjust as we go forward. And looking back at your first season at the helm of the Scarlet Knights, team posted its best record since 2015. So looking back on that year, what led to that sort of improvement over the course of the fall? Well, I think we've tried to change the culture of the group. A little. I think when we took over the team, um, we didn't have any, you know, I've, I've been asked this a lot. Oh, you know, did you take over a team that had a lot of, you know, bad attitudes. And, and uh, we didn't have that, you know, the guys that were on the team that we took over were good guys, good students, good people. But what we were trying to do is just change a little bit of the culture of um, Miss soccer to you. What are you willing to do to get yourself prepared? How um, much are you willing to sacrifice um, whether it's your social life or whether it's uh, you know, putting more off season to train That's the kind of culture shift that, that I think we implemented pretty quickly even when we got here in the spring uh, of, of last year. And then 
you know, trying to recruit players that mentality wherever they're from. And you, you look at some of the players that we brought in last year, and it's not all international players. I like Randy Aronis, who's really from right around the corner, uh, who's fully committed to, to training and really pushes himself uh, hard. Jackson's Temple had a season. You know, he's only, you know, a couple hours away from campus. Um, so we're trying to get that uh, kind of mentality of guys that want to take care of their academics, take school seriously, but also soccer is a major priority in, in what they want out of their college experience. So it's recruiting those, those type of kids that uh, really want to compete all the time. And talking about recruiting, uh, your early signing class, you got five new recruits. You made up one of your first early signing period classes. What really excites you about the new student athletes coming to campus? I think one of the big keys for us recruiting wise this year was, was trying to get the right guys mentality wise. And if you look at some of the players that we have coming in, um, uh, Cole Sotak playing for the Philadelphia Union, you know, uh, has has played at the highest youth level, one of the best teams in the country. Uh, Darren Henry from Florida playing for Inter Miami. Uh, Colin Beasley is a New Jersey kid who I uh, we're excited about because I think he's really, you know, really only scratched the surface of his talent. Has been one of the top scorers in the Development Academy League, playing for Delco. Um, and then Frederick Holme coming from Norway. All these guys have played at a really high level, have big roles on their on their teams. Uh, so I think they have the talent, which which is vitally important. You know, we we need guys that have the talent to compete athletically in our conference. Uh, but we also uh, skewed a lot of our recruiting this year, and and we'll be adding to that recruiting class. We've committed a couple of guys recently that'll get announced uh, over the next couple of weeks. Uh, it was all about mentality, what type of kids they are, how much they're ready to, to compete um, day in and day out in the off season. It was really about their mentality uh, almost more than their talent levels, but, but they certainly have the talent level as well. And one area that you guys sort of struggled with at times was putting the ball in the back of the net. So you've recently brought in senior transfer striker Richie Barry from St. Joseph's. So I'm curious to see where you see him fitting into the attack this year and how you see the offense shaping up as a whole. Yeah, I think, you know, two areas that we wanted to really address um, was was that. I think I don't think there's too many teams out there um, in Division One high-level soccer that uh, feel they, they score enough goals. So you're always looking for guys that have the ability to score goals. I think Richie is a, is a guy, uh, you know, a New Jersey guy, um, you know, did very well at St. Joe's, you know, I think he scored nine goals in, in his junior season or sophomore season. Um, he joined us this spring as well, which was um, a, a big help for us, for him to be around the team. He, uh, he immediately fit in with, with some of our better attacking players like Pablo Avila and, and Jackson Temple and uh, a couple of other of our attacking guys. Um, but we see him as, as someone who, you know, could really help us score goals. Um, he has a, an incredible work rate, super competitive, um, you know, definitely is an attacking minded guy and, and has a lot of confidence in and around the goal. So I think we see him as playing as a, as a forward or as an out and out attacking midfielder, um, you know, he's got the flexibility to play a couple of different positions. So I do think, uh, you know, we have high hopes for him coming in and, and um, you know, making a difference in that final third. And, and the other area we were addressing is, is just being able to deal with, the, you know, the overall kind of 
toughness and, and athleticism of, of playing in the Big Ten, you know, whether it's attacking and trying to score goals on set pieces, defending set pieces. Um, you know, we knew we, uh, you know, we had to address that a little bit. We weren't the biggest team last year and we're not necessarily recruiting only uh, by size. You know, I think soccer is an interesting sport. You can you can be very small and and be very talented and have a huge impact. But, you know, you also do have to deal with um, what other teams are doing. So we feel we've addressed those two two areas pretty well. And uh, and again, we'll we'll add to that recruiting class and some more attacking guys over the, the next couple of weeks. But uh, I do uh, have real high hopes for Richie. We're excited to have him. Um, you know, and being a, a, a fairly local guy from New Jersey, we're, we're excited to see where he can add to, to Rutgers. And on the defensive side, as you mentioned before, Cole Sotak, you know, he made countless appearances, over 50 appearances with Philadelphia Union Academy. Um, how does he add versatility to your back line? Yeah, I think it's, it's one of his biggest attributes. I think uh, being versatile, but also being consistent. You know, those are two things when I think of Cole. He's a very good athlete, tough and competitive, but the reason he played so many games uh, at, at the Union Academy and, and got invited to their preseason with their professional team uh, in, in February down in Florida is because he is, is so consistent, uh, regardless of the competition, whether it's you know, his proper age or playing against older players. He just seems to play the same way no matter what. Uh, he has the ability to play as a center back, but he also can play as an outside back, too. So I think that gives him um, a lot of chances to, to have an impact in our team because um, I think an area that we felt, um, and, and, and it wasn't a surprise to us, but we didn't think we had um, the depth we needed uh, in certain spots last year. And, and when you're playing in the Big Ten at, in the second half of your season, you pick up some injuries, uh, you need that depth to be competitive. And I think that was a big difference between us and a couple of teams we played this year. So uh, we, we feel we've, we've gotten a lot deeper um, and then also having the current players on the team getting another year of training. You know, I think uh, the depth of our team is going to be a strength uh, as opposed to a weakness last year. And I want to touch on the gap in central defense that's left by the graduation of Jake Longo, only starter not returning uh, who, or rather graduating from last year. So I'm curious to see what you think in terms of how you want to plan to fill that gap moving forward into next season. Yeah, I think, you know, Jake is an, an unbelievable guy in terms of uh, never mind even soccer. Uh, I don't know how much you guys have been around him, but he's a special guy, an incredibly bright kid in the classroom, a finance major, uh, really an adult um, on our team. Uh, I relied on him a lot this year, being uh, kind of my voice in the locker room and uh, really a special guy. So um, I can't thank him enough for what he's brought to the team. But uh you know, we look at uh, an incoming freshman in, in Frederick. Home is somebody who I think um, is going to come in and, and probably kind of slide right in and, and play, uh, you know, next to, to Hugo Leguenic, um, who had a great freshman year. Um, Frederick is uh, a, a massive kid, big, strong, plays at a really high level in Norway. Um, love his personality. He's kind of a quiet leader. I think he's got a lot of qualities off the field like Jake in that he, um, you know, he just wants to do things the right way. Uh, he wants to lead by example. So um, I think that's where we see that gap being filled. It's never easy, uh, regardless of how talented you are, to come in and, and play a lot of minutes as, as a freshman, uh, especially in a position like uh, center back. But I think for us, that's one of the attractions for some of these players that we've had commit to us is the opportunity 
to earn playing time uh, immediately at a, at a big 10 school. So we've used that to try to attract players and, uh, and we will give them opportunities to play immediately as we did last year with Jackson and Hugo and Randy and Pablo, um, you know, a lot of guys that were there in their first year for us, Chris Teo as a left back, unfortunately got injured, but, you know, started our first six games, um, missed the rest of the season basically. So, uh, you know, those guys, if, if you're good enough, you're going to play right away here. And just to close it out with this final question, last month, the recruiting landscape in American soccer was shaken up a bit when uh, the U.S. soccer announced they were shutting down the DA program due to the pandemic. What kind of impact do you think that could have on collegiate soccer recruiting uh, moving forward? Yeah, I think it's um, I think it's a little disappointing um, that it, it kind of got shut down so quickly. I, I think uh, not so much for college coaches, I think, but just for youth soccer out there. I, I think I, I would have liked to maybe for them to give a little bit more time for clubs to adjust. But uh, I think that's just the, the, the hand that the youth soccer has been dealt. Um, I think you'll see some teams, um, you know, maybe uh, adjust their thoughts. Uh, there was a lot of pressure for clubs to, to be in the DA Academy and to really uh, you know, push it. And, and it was hard for a lot of these smaller non MLS clubs to, to meet the standards that they expected. So maybe uh, some clubs find a, a better kind of fit for them and what leagues they go in. There's some very good leagues out there. The ECNL has picked up a lot of the teams. I think the MLS teams will start their own league soon, which will be announced, I think at some point in the near future, and it'll be a mixture of some MLS teams and, and some non MLS teams. I don't know all the details on that, but that's, that's kind of what we as uh, in the soccer world expect to come uh, be announced pretty soon. But uh, I think for us as, as coaches and recruiting, the things I loved about the DA is that all the games were quite competitive, um, very organized, high standards of how the games were uh, officiated and played and just the overall organization. So hopefully those things continue and, and that standard doesn't drop uh, because that's really important for, I think, young players they want to be in leagues uh, you know many years ago uh, you know the games you, you, as a recruiting college coach you might show up for a game and and you know one team is late or the referee shows up late and and those type of things drive you crazy so I, I, I love the DA for their organization and and the the competition but um, I think it'll be fine I think there's a there's enough good players out there for sure there's enough good coaches in the youth game that they'll get things organized and um, and keep the standards that have been set by the DA, keep those standards really high and, and keep players developing, which is ultimately the most important and, and enjoying themselves. Coach, thanks for the time. Really appreciate it. No, anytime, fellas. I'm happy to uh, jump on the phone whenever, whenever you uh, want me to get on. I'm happy to do it. Uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll get some good news in the coming months and, uh, you know, we'll get you guys down to a training session in August and uh, take a look at our new group as uh, they come together. Thanks for the time, Coach. That was Rutgers men's soccer head coach Jim McKeldry speaking with us on the WRSU crew. Coming up, it's Can We Just Talk? This is The Crew on 88.7 WRSU-FM, New Brunswick.